Hello there and welcome to the Ask Time Film Podcast, where we talk film, TV, games and all that jazz that is known tomorrow. This week we're talking about Andor. My name is Tom and as always, I'm joined with my co-host John. How are you this week? Hello, hello. I am very, well, happy because I watched Andor uh, and oh, oh, very excited to talk about it. And yeah, feeling great. Yeah. What about you, Tom? Yeah, I'm also feeling good. Thank you for asking. I can't even begin to describe how happy I am with Andor. Considering that, like, a lot of the Star Wars shows that we've had have been very oriented towards fans and putting in characters that we know and love, and that's okay, there's nothing wrong with that. As a fan, I'm very happy with that. But there's definitely been something missing, you know, in the storytelling that we've had across, you know, Mandalorian, especially season two, and, and Book of Boba Fett and Kenobi. Like, we've, we reviewed all of those on the pod, so you can, you know, watch our episodes and all check of them. Out, and we like, yes, exactly. And we liked them all, but there was something missing. And I think Andor fills that void amazingly. Exactly. I would say this is the best Star Wars show. It might yeah. even be the best Star Wars thing since the original trilogy. It is yeah, fantastic. Exactly. You know, it, it explores the idea of, you know, what happens within that Star Wars world. You know, there's something serious about it. Like, there's something mature about it. And it explores in a very mature way and it explores every detail that helps us to, you know, get us along with this idea of the rebellion against the Empire and leading up to Rogue One as well. So it just gives yes. us this idea of this character, Cassie and Andor. And this might be one of the best character developments I've seen in this TV show for Cassian. Like, oh, sweet, sweet. <laughs> no, I was about to sing Sweet Cal. No, sweet character development right there, you know. In that sweet Cassian. Cal- <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Go on, it works. Yeah. I mean, we yeah. also did an episode on Rogue One, so you can check that out if you haven't seen it. But we, one of the things we did talk about was the characterization in that movie. I think that's the element that leaves a lot to be desired. And I think this show puts that back in, yes. especially for Cassian. It adds so many more layers. But, you know, but uh, we're, we're already getting into it. So I have to say, full spoilers ahead. So if you full haven't spoilers. watched Andor, please oh, do. Please. please I do. cannot even, even if you're not a big fan of Star Wars, if you <laughs> haven't watched any of the TV shows, this is so removed from everything else. You do, there's yes. not much that you need to know. As I say, it's not like the other shows where the cameos and different characters pop up that you might need to watch the Clone Wars for. It's not like any of that. It no. exists on its own. And this is written by Tony Gilroy. He he did the story for this and he wrote quite a lot of the episodes. And he's very outspoken as just not being a Star Wars fan. He's not like a mega fan or any of this stuff. And he just wanted to write a good story. I think that is such a strength of this that it's not weighed down by feeling the need to call back yeah. to stuff. Like, I like it when they call back to stuff, but it can get quite frustrating. And this just, oh, it, it's like an antidote. To all the Star Wars that has been frustrating in the last few years. I know what you mean. Like, this guy, I didn't know he wasn't a Star Wars fan or anything. But I think that's a good choice for, Mm. you know, a writer. There's some pros and cons about, like, you know, there's a writer who could be knowledgeable about Star Wars. But this is incredible how he made the show realistic. And, you know, he fully, fully understood the character of Cassian that that leads up to Rogue One as well. And it is incredible how he Well, he he wrote... Yeah. He did the reshoots for Rogue One. He wrote the reshoots. So a lot of what you see in Rogue One is from him. So it makes a lot of sense that he would come into this. And there are various small elements in this, which I think are quite fun. So for example, 
in the prison arc, which is the third oh, arc of the, the show. Prison arc. How we talk about I it. I mean, come on, come on. Cassian escapes with a fellow prisoner called Melshi, and Melshi is actually in Rogue One and ends up going to Scarif with Cassian. And he wasn't in the original cut of Rogue One. That was something that Tony Gilroy added in. Just this random character who, you know, had a couple of lines and died. But now we know so much more about him. What I love about this show is that not only is it about background characters, but it fleshes everyone out. There's not a single person who has a speaking line who doesn't have so much personality just dripping like everyone everything feels real and human and 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 there is a lot of death in this show and whenever somebody dies it's brutal oh yeah yeah especially in the first three episodes when cassian and luthan escapes there was this moment where the whole town was you know literally banging on the yes uh, you know making the sound it was like this call mm-hmm. and it was so cool yeah. like the sound it, of it the just, reckoning yeah the sound of the reckoning and it was like this idea that, that the whole town's got this job to do it was like oh 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 crap uh, we need to do this and then it just gave the security guys they gave them fear and that was like yeah you know, the idea of the rebellion you know and it was real as well, you know, it was like looking on police brutality, like, you know, with the security, they killed yes. uh, Bix's lover. And that was so they heartbreaking. They did, like, they did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and- I mean, like, that is such a great sequence, because you have Marva telling them, I mean, the, the brilliant Fiona Shaw. Oh, Fiona Shaw. Absolutely just knocks it out of the park, as always, and she's telling the corpos, and she's like, that's that's the sound of a reckoning. And it's, it's, it's always, the worst part is when it stops. Because when it stops, you don't know what's going to happen next. And then when it stops, the corpos are freaking out. And there's just this eeriness and this silence. And I think I'm so happy they released the first three episodes all together because you watch them and they're this perfect little arc, this perfect little story that you see. And you're like, oh, damn. Oh, damn. This is like a different kind of Star Wars, which is doing very different things. And there are so many small moments that I absolutely loved in just the way that it all came together in this final scene where Cassian leaves Ferex, mirrored for the first time that he left Canary as a kid. You know that things are about to change and so much has gone down. I think it's so, so masterfully crafted the way that they structured the entire season with these arcs. And, you know, a big payoff every three or so episodes. I think it's excellent. Yeah, it just fully explores, you know, characterization. And it is really interesting how the show explores the characters that you don't like, but kind of not support them. You know what I mean? Like, what was the guy who, oh, oh, eh, I need to know. I need Cyril? To know. Uh, is it Cyril? No. Cyril who eats the cereal? Yes. I thought yes. that was Dedra, but yeah, Cyril, we get to explore that. Like, that is a character that was very intense in the few opening scenes. He was very dedicated to the Empire, and we get to explore where he lived with his mother. And his mother just bullies him. No, not bullies him, but like, <laughs> yes. just like taunting him, like, you don't do, yeah. you don't do anything. We're going to get you a job. Like, Uncle, yeah. Uncle would say, I don't know what Uncle. Uncle Hollow, yeah. Uncle Mel, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we get to explore that different perspective. Yeah, like you you can almost identify with Cyril. He's just this guy who cares so much for this like regime. He finds out that the two corpos have been killed and he's so he's so invested in it. And it becomes this kind of like this need to see justice and this want to climb up the ranks and to see Cassian's demise. And you just know this show is showing people 
getting indoctrinated into this imperial machine. Like, Cyril genuinely thinks that devoting himself to this fascism and wanting to get into this, all of this, and taking these matters into his own hands and trying to belittle people... He genuinely believes that that's a good thing because he's been brainwashed to believe. You can see a couple of cases of people who have been brainwashed. Like Mon Mothma's daughter, Lida, she's like no! almost like in this cult that's supporting these old Chandrillan ways and essentially only doing it to spite her mother. And Oof. she doesn't know like how detrimental that's going to be. And uh, there's so many great moments with Mon Mothma. Uh, particularly oh. at the end where she yeah. has this struggle of do I literally essentially sell my daughter off so I can, you know, help fund this rebellion, something greater than me. When she knows that this arranged marriage, even though it's not an arranged marriage at this point, it will be an arranged marriage. She knows if it's anything like hers with Perrin, it's going to make Lida's life just so depressing forever. That is depressing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you get to see that perspective, like the idea of people being taken away, you know, empire that easily, like the prison arc, for example, and they are, you know, easily brainwashed into this empire. And then we get this characterization of Cassian comes in because in the beginning, he doesn't really care for the rebellion. He's only there mm. for the money. He's only there to get something for him, really. And then this prison arc, just completely changes him he fully realizes he needs to spread this message that there are people suffering you know because of the empire there they're stuck and there's one way out yes 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 one way out. i mean yeah. it's just like he he spends the the early times of the season the early times the early episodes he spends that drifting and he's only out for himself. He spends the entire time with his friends, Brasso and Bix and B2. He's getting them to lie for him. He's doing things that are going to keep him out of harm's way, but he doesn't understand the consequences that might have. Especially with Bix, you can see the consequences that have. She's beaten up by the corpos. As you said, wow. her boyfriend, Tim, is killed. And then she gets put through this horrific torture, which, as you can see in episodes 11 and 12, she is just a shell of what she was. Like, she looks so ill and tormented and a big part of Cassian's arc is to stop drifting is to stop being passive and become yeah. an active character at the end yeah. when he sends off all of his friends in the in the ship he's finally letting them be free and sacrificing his life for them supporting them instead of them having to lie for him he's finding them a way off when you just know that the empire is just gonna after episode 12 the empire is gonna tighten their grip on ferrix yeah most of the people who stood up to the empire are gonna get a fist 10 times like imagine if the death star hadn't been destroyed I would reckon that planets like Ferrix would be gone for yeah. doing small things like attack the Empire who were interrupting a funeral. Yeah, it is scary how the Empire got that much control and they arrested Cassian for no reason. That is a very scary thing as well. They talk, you know, the idea of like 1984 into this like whole thing, you know, it was fully realized, it was fully realistic and, you know, in this sort of sense, like, you know, what the Empire was doing, their horrible intentions and they don't see, you know, people as humans. They just see as workers or not as anyone. All they want is just power and get in the ranks. Like, you know, Cyril, exactly. He's indoctrinated into that ideology. He's, he's thinking about, like, power and thinking the wrong things as well. So you get to see all of that, you know, with Dedra, who is fully into this empire ideology. And she'll get in any other way, like, literally making Bix completely ill and it just gives that characterization for Cassian like he needs to do something about this and 
Yeah, and, and, and Dedra as well, like, oh my god, like, you start off by really sympathizing with her, you understand that she's trying to rise up in the ranks, and you don't see her as a villain at the start, you know, it's very much like she's fighting against these other Imperials, and she's genuinely better at her job than them, but then, after, like, the midpoint of the season, you realize that her being better at her job means that... She is literally oppressing people. You see her go from somebody who is driven and committed to her work to somebody who's genuinely downtrodding people and plotting the different ways they can exploit and kill the innocent people of Ferex. And that is just terrifying. Yeah, like that man. is these characters that, you know, that they generally make you root for. Like she's going up against Blevin, played by Ben Bailey Smith. Anyone who's watched Four O'Clock Club, it's Mr. Carter, of course, of Mr. course. <laughs> Absolutely oh, yeah. brilliant, brilliant guy. His season of Taskmaster is is hilarious. But you see her go up against him, and you want her to win. And when she does, it's like, yeah, great, she's done it. She's she's got her post. But Yay! The the oh. impl- <laughs> Yeah, she did it. Oh wait, no, she's torturing oh, no. people. She's and... about to kill oh. people. Uh... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it gets to the point where at the end, when the riot starts in episode oh, twelve, and she is thrown into the middle of this pile, she gets hit by a brick, and everyone's kind of like scrambling. I genuinely thought they were gonna like rip her apart. Like I, I like genuinely was expecting like Bruh. you know in you know in the That's Hobbit. That's too when... graphic. What? Yeah, you like... Think of that? like they were literally gonna <laughs> no, pull no, apart. No, like <laughs> wow. You know, you know in the Hobbit when Alfred is almost like pulled apart by the people of Lake Town. Oh, it's like that. I genuinely oh, thought that no. was gonna happen. Oh my god, no. That, that's but it, but too gets... scary, man. <laughs> but that's, that's too but it scary. Ge- it, gets, it thought, gets to the point yeah, when she's, she's gonna get beaten up. Oh no, she's gonna get yeah. her lips. Yeah, bruh. That, but that, it gets too graphic, <laughs> but you know. But, but it gets to the point where that's genuinely what she almost deserves because yeah. of all the stuff that she's done to people, and you know she does make it out, but because Cyril saved her, oh, like yeah. Cyr- Cyril, who's literally been stalking her and trying to get into I've been the ISB. You. Yeah, but... it, it, it's it's generally like all these characters on the antagonistic side are only in it for themselves, whereas yeah. Ferrix is a community. The Rebellion isn't yeah. quite there yet, but Ferex is, is is a community and they rise up and they manage to help because of all the times that they have been pushed down and like the final straw of it, not being able to mourn Marva and kind of just say, Marva's speech at the funeral oh, is just... Cinema. Oh, so good. I had such an emotional reaction to that. Yeah, same. It's a perfect speech giving that boost of like what a rebellion needs and it needs hope and community and to work together to fully realize individual people need to stand up you know for you know, mm. people who are being pushed down and she says if i weren't dead i would be beating up these bastards like at the end yeah which is great it just gives that satisfaction because she's dead but she gave that message like literally in front of the empire and that was yeah. just like oh hell yeah it's brilliant like, and she's she's like well, we've all been sleeping and it's time to wake up and do something about this. And it's a sentiment that you get a couple of times. You get it from Luther. Don't you want to give it all at once something real? Don't you want to fight these bastards for real? That kind of sentiment. Oh, yeah. And it's 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 brilliant on so many levels. Yeah. And the way that that riot starts with the Imperial officer yeah. upturning B2 Emo, who is just the cutest, sweetest droid you'll ever oh. see. He flips him over and it's like... Shit just got real. No! Brass, Brasso, Me too! Like, Brasso clocks him with Marva's brick. Like, <laughs> incredible. I, I think incredible. Marva would be happy, like, oh, yeah, yeah. my brick, bonk. Just like... Absolutely. 
and ah, oh, the score, the Bro. score in so many places. Right, there's one that I have got on loop right now. <laughs> I know the one. I know the one. Yeah, you know the one. It's Neomos. And the introduction to that for the beginning of the prison arc, like, it's so funky. It's just yeah. gives me, like... It's brilliant. Um, yeah, it's like... Doo -doo -doo -doo. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, well, we so cut to... Good. People have called it Space Florida. We cut to that. Space Florida. It's just so... Ja and, and fun fact, that also shows up in episode one as well. In the club that Cassian goes to at the beginning, that's there. Oh, yeah. right. Right. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, and yeah, the score is just there are so many just beautiful, beautiful moments. Beautiful scores. Like I think every end of an arc has just the moment. Like I think about the one way out yeah. scene where they're all running through the one way the, out, one where they're all running through the prison and they jump oh. off. Like the music and then... in that, and and Aldani when all of the people on Aldani are seeing the eye and they're seeing this meteor shower and they're crying oh, the and it's beautiful eye. and at the same time they're flying through a Nimic who has been crushed by oh. by literally the thing that he was trying to use to liberate people like you know this person who is so you know, in the cause is yelling climb as like it's oh it's just it's just fantastic on so many levels and I think I'm the score elevates right that yeah right it's so good and and I have to say this show doesn't use the volume it doesn't use any of that stuff. It feels so tangible and real. It's got so much like, oh, emotion of weight. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It just, it's so good in the way that it's made and in the way that it's shot and all the acting and everything. Like, it's genuinely frustrating that the Obi-Wan Kenobi show, which I think was well-written yeah. for the most part, but looked like absolute shit. Like <laughs> this, yeah. this looks so much better. It really does. And they put so much care into this, a show about that guy from Rogue One. Like, that's genuinely crazy. <laughs> that guy from... Yeah, we were like, you know, when that was announced, you were like, that guy from Him? Rogue One. Oh my God, one, that guy from Rogue One who died. Oh my God. Sorry, spoilers, that was for Rogue One. But no, no, John, why? No. I'm sorry. I, had to I didn't know. I didn't know. But that's what's so beautiful about the post-credit scene, right? Like, I tell you what, oh. most post-credit scenes, when I heard that this show had a post-credit scene, I was like, oh, uh, here we go. I didn't watch the post-credit scene. I forgot. Oh, didn't you? Oh, my God, John. Oh, my God, John. Oh, my God. Right, okay. Okay. Uh, let, me, let, me, let me tell you what it is. Okay, you ready? I'm going to so, be mad. Right, tell me, I was, tell me. I was expecting, like, a cameo or something like that. It wasn't. It's one of the best post-credit scenes I've seen ever. So we see some droids, some kind of like spider-like droids using those big things they were building in the prison. You know, those kind of like star-shaped things they're building in the prisons? Yeah. They're building that and they're putting them all onto this gold surface, right? The camera pans out and shows that this is happening on a huge scale and it continues to pan out until we see, what are they building, I hear you ask? The dish to the Death Star. Cassian Holy. was literally building the very thing that would eventually kill him in that prison. Oh my god. <laughs> oh no, he's gone. He's oh far away. I, I need to go to Disney's show. Please don't kill us, Cassian. I have no words to say. That is crazy. That is great visual storytelling right there because mm. you know that kills Cassian at the end of Rogue One. You're like, oh no. He's, he's still yeah, alive. Right? My, my boy's still alive. Yay. For now. He's got season two. <laughs> Copium. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, that is just like so depressing. Like, the amount of times that this show builds you up only to break you down, it introduces Nimic, for example, who is just this really 
really wholesome guy who's writing a manifesto and he cares so much about oh, the cause and he man. dies and he dies so pointlessly for something so trivial you know and then you have Skeen who doesn't care about it all and wants to just like leave with the money and then in the prison arc you've got the MVP Andy Serkis himself Kino Loy who is just fantastic. And he has this whole speech about how they need to stand up and do what's right and they can escape if they work together. And there's no point, they're dead already and there's no point dying, giving them what they want. They should at least, you know, attempt this freedom. And he does so much, you know, somebody who was so content with the prison system, who managed to rise up and he did so much to help them out. And when he finally gets to the door, the one way out is to dive into the ocean. And he just says to Cassian, I can't swim. And they have to leave him. What happened to him? We may never know. And we shouldn't know. That's the beauty of it. We should he may know. he may have just died. That's it. That's it, man. We will never That's know. So sad. That's so brilliant, sad, man. You know, I can't swim. That sounds out of context, that. You know, if someone makes it out of context, confirmation to go, you know, I can't swim. Like, in the I literally, I li- well, after the episode, I was about to text my friend, I can't swim. But then I realized, <laughs> imagine if they hadn't watched the episode and it's got a text from me being like, I can't swim. Like, okay, that's weird. <laughs> oh, sure. oh, that, oh, that's, that, you didn't get swimming lessons? Ha ha. <laughs> no, but literally, that, yeah, it's great. And then it's got so many quotes as well. Never less than 12. Oh, yes. That ending of episode nine. Brilliant. brilliant. Like, there are so many of those moments. And a lot of Disney Plus shows, we've talked about all the Star Wars shows, all the Marvel shows, apart from What If. And they're all kind of, you know, six episodes, eight episodes. This is 12. And every episode is about 40 minutes long, sometimes longer. And it's so good to have a show that never misses a single trick. Every week I was like, when is it going to get bad? I was sort of expecting it to dip in quality because most of the shows do, but especially around the middle. But there isn't a dip in quality. Every single episode delivered. Oh, just just brilliant. Like this, this, this is this is such a high standard for Star Wars. I don't know how we're going to go back to Mandalorian now. Like It's going to be so weird. It will cause... be. Like, don't get me wrong. The Mandalorian has its place. Everything has its place. I love it all. But this is so unexpected and something I didn't know that I wanted that I... I want everything to be like that now. Yeah, it's going to be so weird because it's like, go on, he made a fully fleshed out first season of Andor and leading up to Rogue One. And I wonder when season two finishes, I wonder if that's going to make Rogue One better. I think it already is. And I think that like this can only get better, this show. Yeah, it can get better because there's so many great moments. And I feel like that it's going to be, you know, everyone's going to be looking at it. It's like, yeah, that is... The ultimate Star Wars show, but you know, you need mm. to understand the ideologies, the dichotomy between the rebellion and the empire, and then how people are being you know, taken away or being brainwashed for mm. this. And-, and it begins to show the dark side of the rebellion as well. It oh, wasn't yeah, sort of, of clean course. cut as just a load of like heroes who banded together. The literal like first sequence of the show has Cassian killing somebody in cold blood. And that was the moment where I was like, oh damn, this is real. Oh damn. He has one of the corpos and he has him to gunpoint and he just says, tell me what to do. What do I do at this point? You know, do I let you go? Like, and he, he, he shoots him. It, it's fantastic. Like, I didn't know that it would it would go that hard, but it, it really did in, in all the best ways. I was really, really thrilled with the way that this show didn't hold back on showing that the good guys, they did some pretty nasty stuff to get to be the good guys. Luthen in episode 10, has this 
fantastic speech where oh. he talks about the things that he must do, the things that he sacrificed, the ways that he, he can't have any real relationships. He shares his dreams with ghosts. He will burn his life for a sunset that he will never see. And he has this brilliant moment where he just says, what do I sacrifice? Everything. And it's just brilliant. It's so good that every character is so layered and they're not shying away from any of the darkness of the show. Yeah, we really get to explore them. And that's great. That is the great part of Andor. You get to explore everything about those characters. You get to see the dark side of the rebellion, how messed up it is. You see those different ideas for people who are trying to get the stuff from the Empire in... Okay, in, when the, 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 the heist. Yeah, the, yeah, the heist. Yeah, yeah, episode six. Yeah. So, like, some people don't care about the rebellion. Some people don't really want to get that and there's some people who are really passionate like Nemec he, he wants to fight against it and you get to see the messed up side of it and Luton which episode did he laugh he yeah that was episode six yeah at the end when he, he finds out about Aldani brilliant yeah. I, I think that the cast in this show is Built. spectacular and Stellan Skarsgård is so good like there's this moment in episode four where he puts on his wig for the first time oh. and he just he does this little smile. He just he he gets into that persona that he puts on. And it, what was that? What was that, John? I, his laugh. What was that little sorry, laugh? That laugh is like. <laughs> sure, I'm sorry. Sure. I'm sorry. Please ignore that. Uh, no, that was beautiful. That was beautiful. You deserve it. You deserve an Emmy just for that. But like <laughs> this. Okay. Well, yeah, it's a TV show. It's a, they win Emmys. Okay. Okay. This has got to oh, be a big Emmy. Yeah. Like this. It's this is going to win a lot. Of, yeah. If it like, doesn't, come on. then I cry. <laughs> Yes, exactly. I but cry. like, there's so many layered moments, and you know, he's got these two lives of his shop and also his secret, like darker life. And you see the similar thing with Mon Mothma as well, who is constantly having to put on this facade. And I think that's that's brilliant the way that she has to lie and she has to just put on this persona that we know eventually she's going to have to go on the run from the empire you know when she eventually sheds it and 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 speaks out about the emperor we see that a little bit in star wars rebels but like it's just just brilliant just brilliant. well done everyone yes this is andor and this is the show yes we talked about <laughs> this is indeed and yeah. Final point, anybody who has been listening to the pod for a while will know that we've been quite frustrated with Disney and their queer representation, but we got lesbians in this show, everyone. Yay! Since her and Val, it was really great to see them and to see their relationship blossom. And I I was just really happy to see stuff like that and the way they treated all of it with, you know, such respect. Unlike something like Love and Thunder, you know, not to beat a dead horse, but come on, not over it. I'll never be over it. And this show was, again, it feels like an antidote to everything. It, it does. It feels, it feels like the Batman in the sense where it's like, no, 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 these things can still be excellent without the cameos and without all the corners that they consistently cut. They can still be beautifully written, beautifully shot, beautifully acted. And I, I have a great commentary on the world. Just the world? Yes. Just the it, world. Yeah. Great... yeah. I, I'm sorry, world. I thought you meant... <laughs> I thought you Society. Said... No, I thought you said, like, I have a great commentary on the world, and I was just waiting you to say it. I was like, <laughs> no, no, what? no, the writers what? do. I don't, I don't have anything to say. We live in I a society. Thought, I mean, That's you, all I have. I thought you were going to say something. I, I was right waiting. I was like, is he going to no, say something I have about a, the world? I have, a, I have a manifesto. I have a manifesto oh that you can listen oh to. Oh, my God. But, yeah, the writers definitely, definitely they have a great commentary. Yeah. Yeah. 
so yeah, that's Andor season one. I mean, like, fantastic. I'm I'm so excited for season two. Oh, I know that they were two. they were they were originally going to do five seasons, but they decided not five. to because yeah, they decided not to because it was going to be too much work, which is fair enough. But I kind <laughs> too of too much work, understandable, understandable. Yeah, I selfishly want them to do five seasons, but I get it. I'm very excited for season two Don't, whenever that comes. They can't out. do five. <laughs> I want five. God damn it. <laughs> You know, you don't want five. You know, five can be a bit tiring, but two, yeah, it's true. two is good. Two it's is true. good. Two, yeah, so... Um, space. Yeah, yeah. Space. Cowboy Bebop. Space. Yeah. Yeah. Space. Cowboy Bebop. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> not, not, the, not the Netflix ad- adaptation, the original anime. You, you know what I'm talking about. Like, because that oh, yeah. that's got 26 Only... episodes. Yeah. Then... Oh, right. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, Andor, Andor will be 24 episodes. Yeah. And then Space. How many? How many episodes? Oh, spaced! I thought you just said space. Space, <laughs> space. How many episodes? The, the the final frontier. <laughs> oh, I see, I see. Yeah, no. Shows are always better when they quit while they're ahead. Some of my favorite shows, The Flash, for example. It's it, you know, it should have ended at season two. It's now on season <laughs> nine, and it's a shell of what it used to be. You know, I still enjoy it because it's stupid. But my yeah, I understand what Howard. you mean. I am quiet. <laughs> and I yes, that's. Yes, you. Oh, yes, you are. You work with stars, stars no, that, such that, as. That, that, stars is from Resident Evil. I'm sorry, it's Star Labs, but there's a there's a company in a game called Stars, and it's just like ah. stars. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Andor, what are you gonna give season one out of ten? Ten, ten. Yeah. all the way. I agree. That is, I agree. It is a masterful piece of television right there. It is one of the best things you can see in Star Wars since the original trilogy, it mm. gives that emotion, it gives that realism, and it just gives that, you know, that commentary on the world. And yeah, that is my final thoughts of Andor. This is the best. Please watch. I couldn't have said it better myself. Okay, we've got one minute, 15 seconds left of this Zoom call. Let's see if we can get this done. Thank you, everybody, for listening. <laughs> if you're listening on YouTube and you enjoyed it, give us a like and subscribe if you want to see more. And if you're listening on Spotify, you can follow us and give us a five-star review if you think we're worthy. Next week, we're doing Glass Onion. Very excited for that. Um, 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 you can give us an email of all your questions and tell us your thoughts and, and or give us any questions at asktimefilmpod at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Go, John, go. Uh, thank you for listening. We fully enjoyed uh, thoroughly enjoyed enjoyed about andor and go watch it please please watch it uh thank yeah. you for listening uh uh um um uh yeah that, that's, <laughs> that's it uh, take what you're given give nothing back goodbye one goodbye. way out <laughs> one way out one way, one out. way out we should wait should we just chant should we just chant one way out until the zoom call ends yeah one, one way, way out. out one way 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 out